Welcome to Integral Christian Network Podcast, where we explore ways of evolving towards a more loving, inclusive, and embodied mystical Christianity. I'm your host, David, and I welcome our other host, Luke. Hey, Luke. Hi, Dave. Hey, David. Good to be here. Yeah, it is. And I'm wondering if you can lead us in a, um, a brief body practice. Yeah, so we like to begin our podcast with a movement into our whole body so that we can engage not just from our mind space, but from our whole self. So briefly, take a few deep breaths. Feel yourself moving into your heart space, feeling the energy of the radiant center of your heart. Feel your feet touching the earth as you move into a grounded presence. And now feel your spiritual womb in your gut space as you center into your being. And now feel your head and your mind cleared to a vibrant stillness, open, ready to receive as we engage with our whole being. It's a good way to start, feeling more spacious. And I want to say to any of us that might be listening in a car or Maybe you're listening on a subway or on some kind of public transportation that when we say connected to the earth, we're not necessarily meaning that your bare feet are on the ground and you're listening to this while you're gardening, if you are, awesome, but that everything that you're a part of is created from the substance of earth. Even metal things come from some part of, of the planet that we participate in. So for those of us that are, are moving about and we're listening to this in different ways, a full physical, heartfelt, mindful practice can be done anywhere. There are ideal ways to do it, and then there are practical ways that we can also do these things. So all are welcome, no matter what space you're in. Hope that was helpful to you. Yeah, and I'll even add, I like to think if you're moving, like connect to water. Like imagine you're in a stream or a, or a flowing river in that sense that that connects you to the earth in that way. It's a, it's a beautiful twist on that. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in on that too. So there was one retreat, Enneagram retreat that I did years ago. And, uh, it, you know, I remember going into the monastery, the retreat place that we were staying at. And the way the school that I was trained in with Enneagram was all presence. It was not typology. It was more, you know, how are we practicing in the body, in the heart, in the mind, and uh, how are we being present with all those three centers. And we'll discuss more centers in, in our particular podcast. But I remember coming out of the, that weekend and being in this monastery that weekend and, and like literally being blinded when I walked out. And I, I was like covering my, my eyes until they could adjust. It was almost like I was seeing things for the first time, or at least I hadn't realized how muted I was when I went and then how vibrant everything was when I came out. And it was then I walked out of the monastery and I was like, it's all one presence. It's one cosmic, giant, infinitely growing 
at least in its corporeal, physical sense, infinitely expanding presence. And we're all little presences in that big presence. We're all swimming in it, to use that, that water metaphor. So presence, in that sense, the practices that we just did, can be practiced anywhere, at any time. Yeah. And our goal really is to become more present, more alive, more awake, more aware, moment to moment, um, and, uh, and to, to expand in those capacities. So I'm wondering, given all this, what are the ways or what, what were sp- significant moments that led you to where you are? What were maybe some key moments that brought you to, to the capacity to pioneer what ICN is and what it's standing for? I remember a moment uh, in a chapel. <laughs> Actually, the, there was this chapel where I went to college, and uh, I first started going there because I, I met with a friend, and we were trying to figure out how to change a culture and transform the world. And I said, how does that happen? He says, well, I think that happens through prayer. That's what I said. And he said, well, what's your plan for praying? And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, you know. So <laughs> so we decided to go to this chapel and spend 40 minutes a day praying. Mm. And uh, when you really do that, you run out of words pretty quick. And I remember just sitting there and uh, receiving the gaze of God, just being in the presence and allowing silence, and just allowing to myself to be there and rest there. And, um, you know, just, just putting in that time, but not, not just that time in the chapel, but it, it changed the way that I was being in the world around me. And then, uh, the other thing that arose when you asked that was a moment in that chapel years later, where suddenly I was in a cave and all was dark and empty. And that was the beginning of my dark night, which lasted for eight years. And I went on this interior journey of emptiness and death. And hmm, well, there's a lot I could say about that, but there's, there's, I guess I'll just say that there's a journey that we all take that if we're present to it and allow it and aware it, aware of it, it can move us into, it always moves us into more life and deeper life. If we stick with it, if we stay present to it, if we keep engaged with it. And that's, that's been my story. Um, I wanted it to end long before it actually did, (laughs) but I needed all the things that it taught me. And, um, and it's been a vital part of, what has emerged and erupted in the wake of that, in this embodied spiritual energy. That's beautiful. And it's very true. I'll just say parenthetically of dark nights that you, and I've, you know, experienced another eight years of, of another dark night. And (laughs) I remember about four years in thinking, okay, I think I'm done. I'm really good. You know, and it's like, dear Lord, when I look back, I'm like, brother, you were only halfway through. (laughs) But that whole experience really is like, we, our egos do not know how expanded our souls or our awareness of our souls become unless we really do go through those very painful um, experiences of, of not knowing what's on the other side, not knowing the next step, but just being faithful to walk in it. I, I know for me and my story, um, you know, I was having a lot of mystically explosive experiences um, about 15, 16 years ago, and, and it w- they were beautiful experiences, lots of oneness, lots of interconnectivity. I didn't have vocabulary at the time, 
But I do remember just like feeling it's all connected and it's all love. And then, um, you know, our, we cannot be spiritually, we cannot progress spiritually if our emotions do not ultimately get healed and uh, become uh, part, an integral part of that journey of, of growth and expanse and awareness. But I, I remember, you know, discovering Ken Wilbur and Cynthia Bergeau and James Finley. Um, I remember jumping in then to, to Paul Smith's writings. And, and while at that time I felt the least Christian, I felt the least Christian, um, that uh, I, I realized he's talking in a language that I understand. I know this mythology. I know this meaning system the most. Yes, I've studied Hinduism. I've studied Zen. I've studied Buddhism uh, to the best of my ability. I, I gave myself to those things and, and to some of the practices. But he really brought me home, or at least he was a gateway to coming back home after having gone, gone out and discovering these experiences. And I realized as much as I've benefited from all of these things, and I have, I mean, it's been beautiful, it is okay to be at home. It's okay to be prodigal for a while, and it's okay to come home and be better for it. And, um, and, and that's what I've loved about the Integral Christian, what, of spirituality, and then what Integral Christian Network is putting forth is, you know, you bring, bring who you are, bring what you're about, um, bring all these things that you've discovered, and then embody them, and embody them in a, in a very loving, safe, accepting, um, beautiful network. So I'm wondering if you can help us in this particular podcast really dive more deeply into what embodied mystical practice is. So embodied mystical practice is to go beyond talking about mystics or learning about mystics, but to practicing mysticism, not just reading about mystics and learning about it in our head or thinking about things, but yeah, really moving into that full body experience. So the primary way that we do that is through a practice called whole body mystical awakening. And this is uh, based on decades of study from uh, the California Institute of Integral Studies and some work being done there, as well as integration from a lot of different spiritual practices from within Christianity and outside of it. And we, uh, Paul Smith, took all of these, a lot of these practices and his vast reading and learning and brought these into um, an integrated sense. Um, so the study from California Institute of Integral Studies, they, they found that, that most people have four centers of spiritual knowing, and those are in the head, the heart, the gut, and the feet. And so we, in our practice, engage with each of those centers in a way that um, we enter into a presence there, and then we can move into a deeper mystical knowing state and from that, we can also move into a unitive state in each of those centers as well. So we always start with the heart because that's our core space of love and really the, the center of Christianity in many ways. It's coming from that deep surge of love in our heart. And to engage in the heart is to, again, not think about the heart from our mind, but to move and drop down our awareness to actually sense from the heart. Uh, moving into heart consciousness. And in that space, we can 
often feel lots of feelings and emotions, and that tends to be what we associate with our heart. That's true, and that's there. And then in the deep heart, within that, we all have a radiant center. And that center is constantly emanating love and bliss. It is the source of a deep surge of love that connects us to others in relationship. The heart is our space of relationality as well as the space of the energy of love. So when we move into our heart space, we really feel and move into that radiant center. Now, let me say a word about bliss. <laughs> so love is the, uh, when I'm full of love, this is how Paul says it, I love it. He says, when I'm full of love, I want to go out and give everyone a hug. And when I'm full of bliss, I just want to sit there and enjoy it because I am already embracing all that is. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, I'm, I, I think as you... Uh, continue to unpack these. One thing that I want to jump into really quick is um, I know in, in my Enneagram training, we, we tended to work from the ground up. We would start really with our feet. Uh, we, we, we called it body grounding, but we started with our feet and then worked up and then we, then we moved into heart space and con- kept working up through our body to include a sense of, of, of clear mind, of relaxed mind. Um, and then I remember at one particular retreat in Taos, New Mexico, I ran into a, um, someone who identified with the flavor of seven. And um, she, she and her um, coaching practices actually started from the top down. And it, it challenged me to not be so male about everything and wanting to formulize, you know, this is the way to do it. Uh, so I, I had to, you know, make sure, no, stay open, stay fluid on these things. But I'm wondering, do why do we at ICN, um, in our we spaces, why are we approaching it in the particular order that, that we do? Is there a reason for that? Yeah, yeah, there is. And some of it is intuitive. I'll say that from the start. Mm-hmm. But what what is there is, one, we want to not tap into an ascendant spirituality or a descendant spirituality. When we talk about each of the centers in their singularity, we always, we're differentiating, we're distinguishing to make clarifications, but experientially it's often very connected, flowing. And um, think of an infinity symbol or a Mobius strip, right? That movement between our whole body. So when we move into embodiment, we're not making a journey down and out of ourselves into the earth, or we're not making a movement down from up to extend into infinity, or um, we can do those things. Um, But it's not just that one directionality of movement. We want to embrace a holistic flow and movement through uh, the heart center. I've also, well, it's different for for everyone, right? But sometimes starting with the feet or starting with grounding, it can be hard to get out of our heads or to, you know, we're thinking about that or we're, we're looking down from our, our, our mind, we're scanning or we're, um, we've really found that the energy of the heart is the best way to move out of the head, to clear the mind, to actually move into that felt radiant center that just sort of, um, taps us into that energy that we have within us that then helps us move throughout the rest of our body in a sense uh, that's more 
engaged and present and conscious from those spaces rather than thinking about them or viewing them from the mind. So, I, Okay, so I'm going to nerd out for just a moment. I, I really do feel like um, while all things are included and all things can be worked with, it really is important that in our context that we are at least aware of that ascendancy, descendancy, temptation of, um, and I think that's, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, it really is learning to let go of the analytical mind of where am I in my body grounding? Where am I at in my connection to my heart? Where am I in clear mind? Um, and in, so, in a certain sense, it's almost like a spiral rather than a pyramid, uh, be it inverted or, or you know, bottom up. It's this capacity to just keep working from the center, yeah, outward, and uh, yeah, and not not where am I going, right? What's next? There's sort of this expectation of okay, I'm going to keep going up, going to keep, I'm going to keep going down. You know, there's sort of that expectancy that's already starting to pull you down, or already starting to lift you out of where you are now in this moment, in that presence, and also the stillness and the acceptancy of of heart space. So, in a, in a sense that uh, we. We're kind of um, we live in a time where the reactivity of the heart is, and that could be positive and negative reactivity. In that I see something beautiful and want to engage with it, something or someone, um, or you know uh, get reactive with what's going on in the world politically right now, and we're all kind of just posturing and you know, and the the brain come almost is in service to the reactivity of the heart. Whereas what I'm hearing you say is from a relaxed, centered, holistic space, let's start with the exquisite acceptability of the heart and and move from there so that it's embracing and not analyzing, judging, perceiving, you know, is that, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Or disconnecting or, you know, all the many movements that we do, you know, tapping into that radiant heart center, there is a great allowing, there is a great embrace that already is. And if you're in that space, you're not going to be critical. You're not going to be judging. You're not, but, but, but again, I mean, it, it's like I said, it's somewhat intuitive. It's not a prescription of sure. it has to look this way. You got to do this, right? These, this is sort of the initial dance steps and the best dances are improvised after you have kind of learned, you know, the basic steps and you know how it works. Cause you know, if you're in your life and there's a moment going and you know, you realize, Oh, I, I'm feeling really like floating or off in the clouds. I need to ground myself. Right. Or you're like, Oh, I, I just don't really feel myself. I need to move into my womb or other space of being. So it's, you know, it's, we want to be present from the whole body, of course. Uh, but there's times certainly when it can go in all sorts of different orders and focus on different spaces. I'll say just as a musician there, you know, uh, you learn all the steps to forget the steps there. You're not in service to them. They are in service to you. And then there's a difference between playing music and letting music play you. And as soon as I feel like my head is getting involved and I don't mean, um, it doing its part in terms of technique and, and playing and everything. But as soon as I think, am I doing okay? Or is this making sense? As soon as that analytical part gets in, my body start, starts reacting to it. I tighten up or I'm not as loose or I'm not as uh, unselfconscious as I, as I would rather be. And, and there yeah. is a certain kind of unselfconscious nature 
to just allowing the intelligence of the heart space. And I get, I, I totally understand why we're saying let's, let's keep this intuitive and not formulaic. I just want to say I, there's an, there's a analogous way of relating to that, that I hope others will be able to relate to. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, that's, there's a reason why we call it flow, right? That (laughs) when, when you really start learning and get into it, right, you can, you can move into that energy and follow the energy and it will take you where you need to go. So let's thank you. That's right. And I want to jump into, um, the other, the other spaces. Yeah. So usually next in our standard initial set of sequence steps, (laughs) then we go down to our feet and our feet, uh, we don't often think of our feet as a place of knowing, (laughs) but they really are. And first of all, they are a sense of of how we ground to the earth. They're our, our contact point for the earth in a sense. And so when we move to our feet, the first thing that we do is we ground ourselves to the earth. And this helps us be present where we are on this earth that we all share uh, in this space, in this time, in this now, in this moment now as incarnated beings, as physical beings. And we tap down into the energy of material reality. There is a great amount of energy in the earth, in the cosmos. And when we visualize perhaps roots going down or dipping our toes in the stream, probably our whole feet down into the stream and feeling that energy flow, we can actually breathe in or absorb that energy into our feet and legs and really get a felt sense of that energy of material reality, as Ramon Panikar refers to that. And that really is a connection to our embodied presence, to our incarnation, Right. The contact point between divine and material reality is what we call the Christ. And so when we engage in that, we are living in our embodied Christ consciousness. And we're not just thinking about it. We're not just, uh, li- you know, having those ideas, but we are actually breathing in, welcoming, accepting that energy into our bodies. And I feel that on kind of a cellular level, uh, probably deeper than cellular, maybe almost a quantum sense. Mm -hmm. And there's an entanglement with all the material reality that we can move into there. There's this almost a bliss of the body, a vibration, um, a humming within each of my cells that experiences that embodied reality um, both within myself and connected to others as well. Again, I think some of this is ex- being willing and being open. And by, by that, I mean it takes a thousand steps to get from being a body to experiencing quantum entanglement moment to moment. I mean, so I want to encourage anybody who's not experiencing quantum entanglement yet, you can get there. And that's part of what our We Space groups are about. But there are many steps it takes to get there and it's worth every single step that you take and doing these practices, not just thinking them, but, but being willing to enter into these practices makes just, it's worth every single effort. So we move from the heart where we don't change channels to move to the feet. We are, are moving from a centeredness of this space to include the feet. And then, and then we move to our womb Sometimes we call it our spiritual womb. Sometimes we call it our gut. It's also known as the hara or um, that belly space. And we like the term womb because we've had a lot of masculine language in Christianity. And uh, 
womb is a beautiful feminine word and actually conveys a great sense of what it is there that we experience. And so our womb space is much more a space of intuition. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to name. It's hard to describe in a way, but it's our space of being. So in our womb, we might experience a flowing embrace, a holding like a womb holds you. We might experience uh, a source of courage and creativity that rises up from within us. The womb space is also our, or gut space is also the space of our identity, both our constructed identity, the self of who we are and who we've become, and then even deeper, our divine identity. Uh, the space of God continuously creating us in each moment. So we center into this gut, this space of vitality, and really feel our full being. Yes, I uh, we we during Christmas time I said all of us are Virgin Marys. All of us have some part of us that only God can impregnate, and. Uh, because I'm, you know, my context is shepherding a spiritual community that's familiar with Christian uh, scriptures and everything. There's one more section where, for those who were raised perhaps in the Christian tradition or at least are familiar with Christian scriptures, uh, Jesus will say, uh, "Out of their wombs shall flow um, rivers of living water." Of course, men got involved and said, "We're not comfortable with womb, so let's translate belly." But uh, I'm glad that you brought that in, that, yes, we're, we're here. We're not, and I recognize we're also two men talking about these things. So uh, I, I hope we're being fair to um, our sisters to say that we need to exercise this, too. We've asked you to uh, be accustomed to male language, and, and we're also asking the men to be accustomed to uh, feminine language. So we, we're moving here, and again, we're not switching stations. We're staying involved, heart. We're, we're whole ecosystems. Heart, feet, womb. Yeah, and so if we're doing the individual form of this, uh, there's also a we space form, which we'll talk about after. But we're doing the individual form. You can kind of touch base with your heart again if you've kind of lost that. It sometimes can be hard to hold multiple spaces at once, right? It's okay to start with just one. And then over time, you can try to hold two and then hold three and then hold all your whole body. So that can be a, a learning process as well, right? So if you need to, you can touch base with your heart again into that radiant center. And from the energy of our body, then we return to our head. And it's really quite amazing because most people, after doing that, find their mind is unusually cleared, right? So if you've ever done mind meditation practices, you're trying to clear your mind with your mind. You're trying to release thoughts with your head and just, right, it just keeps coming back. And it's just this oh, really hard cycle that may, maybe if you practice for 20 years, right, you'll find some stillness and clarity. And some people maybe sooner and some people maybe longer. But <laughs> it's amazing when you come from the energy of your body and your heart, your mind is quite often cleared. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's empty. There's sort of this vibrant stillness. There's this um, sense of presence in the mind. 
it's uh it's a really really wonderful sensation and maybe thoughts or images emerge but they're not the same mental chatter that we might often usually experience in our busy mind and those which we can talk more about as well are forms of spiritual knowing where we're we're kind of receiving the messages of the the deeper self or the higher self or the divine self um but we move into our mind in can experience that cleared vibrant stillness so basically wanting to introduce and explore the the um very important elements of what ICN is and what it's about and what we're endeavoring to move forward with. Uh, if you're new to this, uh, we want to invite you to it. If this is something that you have been uh, involved with, we'd love to hear your thoughts and how you've been experiencing these things. Luke, where, where do we want to send them to to engage and to learn more about these things? Yeah, so this whole body mystical awakening practice is really the core of what we do in our WeSpace groups and how we approach our embodied mysticism. So on our website, integralchristiannetwork.org, there's a section called practice. And if you go to the practice section, there's a page for the individual whole body mystical awakening practice that has pictures and describes each of these steps and movements. And there's a recorded guided meditation where you can practice that yourself being guided by Paul, (laughs) by Paul Smith. There's also a page for the We Space Whole Body Mystical Waking Practice, which I think we'll talk more about another time. Um, but that's the best place to move into that practice. And, and you can incorporate that into your daily spiritual practice, if you like, or semi-daily or whatever it looks like, right? You can do the guided form. You can do it when you're uh, standing in line, sitting in traffic, right? Uh, whenever you can go through those places in your body and each time you do it, it helps you move into a deeper awareness, a deeper consciousness of your embodied being and presence. Hallelujah. So one of the things that we want to say really quick before we uh, say goodbye is uh, that we have referenced Paul a few times on this podcast and in some upcoming podcasts, we will be interviewing him and you'll be able to experience his transmission and his experiences and and what he uh, would enjoy imparting to the rest of us in conversational form. So we definitely want you to stay tuned for those podcasts. In the meantime, we'll see you next.